It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. <laughs> you tuned in to episode 462 of the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and a nerd culture missionary here at LTN. I'm a third-generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. And I'm Mo, the chief cohort in crazy, <laughs> here to bring the facts and fire to your day, and I am in desperate need of coffee. That was almost like a cheerleader case. And I'm Mo. <laughs> The chief cohort and crazy <laughs> here to bring the facts and fire to your day. You do that really well. <laughs> Today on the show, we try to pull lessons from the rise and fall of Mars Hill. We're not doing this either. What are you talking about? What you put as what else we are doing on the show today. Yeah, we are. I'm not doing it. Come on. I refuse. No, come I on. refuse. It's good. Also good on the show today, COVID finally hits China. <laughs> China. <laughs> China. Uh, but first, <laughs> it's Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. We got some holidays to celebrate. Uh, that's right. It's National Licorice <coughs> Day. Licorice. Licorice. Which like Matt and I both dislike. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're doing black licorice. <laughs> I enjoy the, the strawberry. <laughs> well, I say enjoy. I will tolerate Strawberry. I don't feel like we can call that licorice, though. Licorice is black mm, licorice. No. That is licorice. I mean... That needs to be our next Twitter poll. I'd give you that if this was 50 years ago, but uh, word meanings change over time, and, and that is spread out to encompass a whole range of flavorful licorices. Now licorice can mean a lemon rope... Filled with sour lemon goo, and that's still licorice, and it's delicious. Mm -mm. That's a Twizzler, which is licorice. No, a Twizzler is Twizzler. A Twizzler is a (laughs) brand. Licorice is not a brand. Exactly, licorice is not a brand. But Twizzler is a licorice licorice brand. Licorice is more of the flavor. Licorice is what you are actually eating. Saying that licorice can evolve and change and become other things is like saying that. My that blue pizza can thing? become, uh, <laughs> listen, we all know that you hate blue raspberry. Okay, this argument is the same as saying that pizza is a pie. It is not a pie. It's pizza pie, but it is not a pie. Okay, well, it's red licorice, even if it's not licorice. It's a Twizzler. <laughs> it's not licorice. <laughs> People. It's not shame mode day, so I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon. Okay, but listen, <laughs> Tristan says that chocolate-coated licorice is the best. Chocolate-coated licorice? Blah, 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 blah. Blah? Is it still black licorice? Chocolate-coated black licorice? I, yuck. I would be 100% on board with tasting chocolate-covered black licorice. I... I really would. Now, if it's chocolate covered, yes, it is black licorice. Okay. If it's chocolate covered strawberry Twizzler, then I don't want it because that's not licorice. <laughs> it's strawberry Twizzler, which is good. I like, I like strawberry Twizzlers. The horse is already dead, Mo. <laughs> Quit beating it. <coughs> what else hey, is today? Hey, it's also National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. There we go. Which Matt and I do love. Yeah. Grilled oh, cheese sandwiches. Even a, even a bad grilled cheese sandwich is great. You know. <clears throat> Have you had a grilled cheese sandwich from the Meltdown here in town yet? Which is essentially just a fake restaurant that Denny's does. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had the grilled cheese oh. from them. I've had the 
pot roast? That thing, yeah. Oh, it was good. Was it good? Oh, okay. I loved Deidre it. Deidre had one and she hated it. Oh, I loved it. Oh. But they're, just the grilled cheese, it's like it's like five layers of cheese. It's all melted. It's different versions of cheese, too. Oh, nice and crispy, crunchy, mm. buttery. Crispy, mm. crunchy. Mm. Do you know where my favorite grilled cheese is? Well, I shouldn't say my favorite. My favorite fast food. Actually, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not real licorice. Um, <laughs> my favorite not-at-home grilled cheese. Where? Sonic. I honestly love their grilled cheese. Yeah. If I'm going to get a grilled cheese from anywhere other than home, that's where I want to get it from. I will. And is it because of the cheese itself? Because I would assume it's the cheese I think itself. it's the cheese, but I also think it's Sonic, the Texas toast. Well, yeah. Use. Yeah. But Sonic, Sonic tends to um, use, I don't know if it's sharper, but it's more flavorful uh, yes. cheese than most yeah. places. You're right. So I could see how that'd be the case. Yeah. I'm just like, always been let down. I like pickles on my grilled cheese and apples. Oh, mm. I'm sure they're good. I'm just I'm a plain plain guy. I want some garlic butter. That's all I they want. They are delicious. Uh, <coughs> somebody did ask. I think it may have been Rye Guy. Somebody did ask. Do we use butter or mayonnaise for the outside <laughs> of the bread? <laughs> <laughs> You know Matt's answer. He uses butter. Fun story. I never knew that anybody used mayonnaise to grill a grilled cheese sandwich until I was in college and my college roommate, we were making... Escaped from the mental hospital and made a sandwich for you? We were making grilled cheese sandwiches and she pulled out the mayonnaise, I pulled out the butter and we both just kind of looked at each other like, what are you going to do with that? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, but I made her a grilled cheese with butter and she made me a grilled cheese with mayonnaise and it is amazing. Uh, it is very good. Uh, I can't make it because I can't get past the thought of like, I'm smearing mayonnaise. mayonnaise on, yeah. Um, but it is good. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine with my butter. Thank yeah. You. Butter and garlic. Perfectly um, fine. Amish butter, please. And thank you. Amish butter. That is what we use in our home. It's $10 a brick, but what it's so good. <laughs> it's, and it's a huge thing. I mean, like, it's a massive, massive that chunk just of make it yourself. butter. But it's your own little churn and just go to town. Amazing. Look. Uh-huh, yeah. All right. Now, Mo and I are nerds for several flavors, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also nerds for several flavors. Uh, you, you, I said yeah, the same thing yeah, twice. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Nerds of several flavors and for several flavors. There you go. And every week we like to showcase... Don't have my glasses on. Sorry. Every week we like to showcase junk food. That means I can't see. Hold on. <laughs> hey, Matt. Yeah. Tell me more about the licorice. <laughs> There's so many flavors. Even blue raspberry, which I hate. But it exists and I acknowledge its existence as licorice. It's falsely flavored licorice. That's what it is. (laughs) And every week we like to showcase junk food that has been recently announced or even spotted in stores or on menus. That's right. We're going to kick today off with Jack in the Box. Woohoo! I love loaded tater scoops. Have you had tater scoops before? Jack in the Box. I'm asking you a legitimate question. I I was trying to think. (laughs) I honestly was thinking. I don't. Wiener Schnitzel here had them for a little while. Okay. It's essentially they just cut a like a a, a thick chip almost. Okay. It's like really thick chips that are thick enough to be fries. But that's that's what they are, like a little scoopable. Mm-mm. And I they're, have... they were they had them at Wiener Schnitzel for obviously chili cheese and they were amazing. They were better than any fry, frito, anything that they've ever had before. I was very bummed that it was a limited time thing. So honestly, this might be the first thing the Jack in the Box is coming out with. And I'm like, yeah, I'm on board Mm -hmm. because they look good. Mm -hmm. Mountain Dew Game Fuel is coming out with a new championship citrus cherry flavor. Great. I like citrus cherry. I uh, really wish we could get that Code Red Mountain Dew Zero Sugar our way, but it still remains a uh, very localized flavor over there where they have like the cheer wine and all that. Oh, 
why didn't you tell us? Huh? Why didn't you send me some? No, but why didn't you tell me oh, while I didn't we know. were there? I didn't. I, didn't. I don't know where it is. I just we, know it's over there somewhere. We <clears throat> packed down the back of my car <laughs> in <laughs> Doctor Enough and Cheerwine. <laughs> Cheerwine's good. Cheerwine is amazing. I, ha- I got some from the World Market for the first time yeah. last time I was in uh, Lubbock. And ding. I just got the diet one, and the diet one was amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm like, wow. They are so good. We How actually bought all of the cheer wine and all of the Dr. Enough from the What's Kroger. That? So, Dr. Enough is like sort of like a mix between a Sprite and a Mountain Dew. Hmm. I assumed it was a ripoff Dr. Pepper. So, no. Oh, no. Completely different no. thing. Um, and it is East Tennessee. Like, you can't get it in North Carolina. Yeah. And if you go any further than Knoxville, which is like two hours into Tennessee from the eastern side, if you go any further west than Knoxville, you can't get it. It is like within a tiny, small little radius of (laughs) of Tennessee there. Well, apparently they're just, and it's only with the diet for some reason. They've had, I thought they just stopped making Diet Code Red and they've had it for years just in that relative area. They have normal code red everywhere, but the diet stays there, and then they most recently changed the formula just like they did with um, normal Mountain Dew, but they just got rid of the diet version altogether, and they have the code red zero sugar now. They still can't get it everywhere. I'm going to have to ask my brother and sister-in-law. <coughs> Dairy Queen. Get their hands on any. Sorry. Oh, no. I skipped one. Uh, Cold Stone. Cold has a Stone. Peeps-flavored ice cream and shake going That's on okay. right now. <laughs> That's all right. It's like marshmallow with granulated sugar. No, thank Hard you. Pass. I, I mean, truly, what would that taste like? Exactly what yeah. I just said. Yeah, it would you, just be overly sweet. Yeah. Gritty. No, thanks. Uh, Dairy Queen debuts a new Fruity Blast dipped cone. The way this is described, it kind of tastes like Fruity Pebbles. I was going to say. that nature. And it looks really good. It's purple. Okay. Uh, Dairy Queen's also bringing out a slew of blizzards for the summer. Uh, the new one being the Oreo Dirt Pie Blizzard. Which will have uh, chocolate ice cream, well, chocolate syrup in the ice cream to make chocolate ice cream, uh, Oreos, and gummy worms. So, like, you know, the little, mm-hmm. yeah. Caramel fudge cheesecake blizzard, Girl Scout thin mints blizzard, drumstick with peanuts blizzard, and very cherry chip blizzard. And of course, the return of their cotton candy blizzard, which appears to be a uh, yearly favorite for the last several years. I still haven't had it. Yeah. Cotton candy blizzard. Looks um, weird. Can I just ask a question? Sure. Why do ice cream places and ice cream brands think continue to think that putting like gummies Yeah, it's a bad idea. Is yeah, why? I don't understand. I they get frozen. You you already have a hard time chewing most gummies. And now you're gonna make them frozen? Yeah. There was the, the bah, bah, Bahama Bahama Bucks. Uh, the snow cone place for a long time had one where they put a bunch of gummy bears in it. Yeah, I don't understand like, that. What? This is like putting it in the freezer. Our old frozen yogurt <laughs> place, Yotigo. Yeah. The gummies. Well, that's a common thing, yeah. With which the, I don't the, understand. The and places. every single time my children would get gummies and put them <laughs> in their frozen yogurt. And then every single time I'm like, you guys don't want to do that. They're going to freeze and you can't eat them. And you end up throwing them away anyway because you eat around them. And every single time. <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah. That's how I, that can goes. I start a petition? I'm going to start a petition. Keep your gummies out my ice creams. Yeah. Uh, Qdoba has a new cheese crusted quesadilla. I've made these at home for the last several years. Cheese crusted quesadillas? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you make the quesadilla, then you get the skillet, just put the cheese on it, mm-hmm. let it Melt crisp up the, on the bottom. Yeah. Throw that quesadilla on top of the melted part. Flip it back out, and you got yourself a nice cheese crust on there. Okay, here we go. What? This goes back to our grilled cheese conversation. Okay? You when, make ma- mayonnaise on it? <laughs> listen, when you grill your cheese, I yeah. have come up with the way that makes your grilled cheese, like it enhances the flavor a thousand times, makes it so much better. You Do you form your, your sandwich and then... Put it on the pan with the butter and let the one side cook, and then you flip it to the other side and let the other side cook? Essentially, yeah. Okay. So, I have a deconstructed grilled cheese, okay? I put one piece of bread down with the butter. I'm with you. Okay? Yeah. Lots of butter. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. So that the butter gets in the pan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then I flip that piece of bread because it's not a sandwich yet. I flip okay. that piece of bread over. And now that, what would be the inside, mm-hmm. has now become the outside of my sandwich. And then I'll put my cheese... And then I will do the same thing to the second slice of bread so that both sides of the bread have been cooked in butter. And it makes it amazing. I, uh, I can see the value in that. Uh-huh. But I can also see the, how much extra work that is. Oh, it's not that much extra work. <laughs> Especially when you're already making five. Like. <laughs> well, that, that's, there's, the, there's the rub. I'm never making five. <laughs> I've only ever eaten four, Mo. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Making really like grilled cheese sandwiches. Goodness gracious. Just one for me. Hostess coming out with devil's food jumbo honey buns. Chocolate. <laughs> devil's food. I feel like that's so offensive. Jumbo honey bun. <laughs> <laughs> that's my wife's nickname for me, a jumbo honey bun. Uh, <clears throat> All right. Purdue chicken handhelds uh, are coming out, which are essentially just chicken salad uncrustables, if there's been anything else that that uh, you wanted to throw up later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank this you. This sounds like one of them. Yeah. Uncrustables are a great thing, but as soon as they started putting meat in them. Not so much. Roll it back. Roll it back, guys. Yeah. Uh, Burger King in South Korea. I know you always love these uh, other countries. Peanut butter stackers. Uh, Burger King South Korea's peanut butter stacker features a peanut butter sauce, mayo, pickles, Two grilled beef patties and American cheese on a toasted sesame seed bun. You can also get it with three beef patties, four beef patties, or with a beef patty and a crispy chicken patty. And you can get peanut butter fries with an order of fries drizzled with the peanut butter sauce. Okay, I'm all about these peanut butter fries. That actually they sound sounds pretty good, yeah. Delicious. <laughs> I just can't see the peanut butter and the mayo and the pickles all together. I think I can see peanut butter, pickles, beef patties. And cheese. It's the mayo that's thrown me off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank you. Pasquale's Pizza and Wings, which is just the non-existent restaurant that comes out of um, Chuck E. Cheese on uh, your delivery apps, <laughs> is jumping on the failed Pizza Hut bandwagon by offering various drizzles for your pizzas now. Get a little honey barbecue drizzle, a little balsamic drizzle. Pizza Hut went on this whole fancy schmancy thing like a decade ago, and it bombed horribly. Yeah, because people don't actually know what kind of sauces to put on top. (laughs) Pepperoni pizza? Yeah. You want a balsamic drizzle on that puppy? (laughs) No. (laughs) We got our balsamic drizzle and our ranch drizzle. On top of your pepperoni pizza, that's got to be good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's going to be Beyond Meat Beef Jerky, or Beef Jerky, quote unquote. It's such jerky, not yeah, just beef jerky. jerky. But uh, it's made of peas and beans. <laughs> it's coming out in original flavor, which I don't know what that is. Teriyaki and hot and spicy. <laughs> peas and beans are good for your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> DiGiorno's coming out with stuffed pizza bites, which are essentially just big pizza rolls. I misspelled rolls on here. Wrong rolls. Uh, (laughs) Big pizza rolls uh, in pepperoni, four cheese, three meat, and supreme. I wonder what a big pizza roll in a theatrical performance would be like. (laughs) Big pizza roll. (laughs) Got the roll. Uh Right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the jumbo honey bun in this production. (laughs) Diabetes the movie. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, Sour Patch Kids pretzels. Despite Sour Patch's normal routine of ruining real things like cookies and what else by shoving themselves in things they don't belong, these are just Sour Patch Kids shaped like pretzels in a collab with Auntie Anne's. Carl's Jr. Western Bacon Cheeseburger Ruffled Chips. Church's Chicken is partnering with Edible Arrangements for a chicken strips and strawberry bouquet, also featuring several dipping sauces. Would you like to receive that on Valentine's Day? Chicken strips and strawberries? <laughs> yes, but then I wonder, like... Uh, of course, but how long are they waiting first there? First of all, they're missing the waffle sticks along with it. Yeah. And then second of all, like, 
How long can the chicken strip stay good <laughs> before it, like, I... This is shipped overnight, yeah. I mean, Dickies is coming out with a pit-smoked tofu sandwich. Hardee's is coming out with biscuit beers uh, in grape jelly, strawberry jam, and honey butter biscuit flavors. What's a biscuit beer? It's a beer that tastes like a biscuit. Southern classic, southern comfort food. 7-Eleven's coming out with a tiny gulp. Encouraging drinking less soda with their new 0.7-ounce cups. Seems to be a gimmick. And then Blaze Pizza took a step towards uh, sustainability with Just Crust. For the crust lovers out there, each pack contains six strips of donated crust. What the heck does that mean? (laughs) I'm assuming what's left on the table. (laughs) Everything from Sour Patch Kids Pretzels down has been the April Fool's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> section. <laughs> These are things that were actually put out as things that were, uh, of course, by the companies uh, as April Fool's pranks. So, yeah, there are. <laughs> yeah, okay, Oreo called it out. There were some April Fool's jokes in there, yeah. <laughs> Everything Sour Patch Kids, pretzels, uh, Carl's Jr., Western Bacon Cheeseburger, Ruffle Chips, which I think would be really good. Absolutely. That's, like a, that's a mean April Fool's joke right yeah, there. For that real. sounds amazing. The edible arrangement with the chicken strips. <laughs> I think it's a good idea, but you need to add waffles, and I really need to know uh, how long it's going to take to to get my chicken to me. Pit pit smoke tofu sandwich, biscuit beers. I'm interested about the biscuit. The beers. tiny gulp. <laughs> All of those are fake. Hey, look, there have been quite a few April Fool's jokes that they're like, that okay, maybe they'll thing. actually yeah. like it. Maybe they'll like it. Yeah, and they did. Um, <laughs> I know that our listeners, our radio listeners, have no idea about this, but I know that our Twitch people, as we're recording this, got like a good laugh out of my face when <laughs> you read the six donated. strips of donated crust. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> what does that mean? I need you to tell me what it means. <laughs> Before I go order this, I gotta know. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we've got your weird news for the day. Stick around. This week in nerdy news, this is LTNN. Snap is launching a new Snapchat lens that can help you learn American Sign Language, ASL. It's called ASL Alphabet Lens, and Snapchat is launching it in partnership with SignAll, a company that has built technology that can translate sign language. A blog post on Snap's website says, led entirely by deaf and hard of hearing team members here at Snap called the Defingers, the ASL alphabet lens teaches you to fingerspell your name, practice the ASL alphabet, and play games to put new skills to the test. If this sounds like your thing, try it out. And if you find yourself enamored, you can bump it up with SignAll's Ace ASL app, now available on both iPhone and Android. That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And hey, make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search for at the Back Row LTN and connect with us. Now it's time for Mo's Fact of the Day. The spelling licorice, L-I-C-O-R-I-C-E, is used in Canada and the U.S., while the spelling licorice, L-I-Q-U-O-R-I-C-E, is used in the United Kingdom. Weird. With a Q. Mm-hmm. And a U. Those U.K. people always spell things weird. Yeah. Color with a U. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I know of. <laughs> Savior. Labor, labor with a with a flavor. Flavor. Yeah, I don't remember who it was that I saw Liquor. the other day, but they spelled savior. 
Oh, yeah. So oh, you, were, you yeah, are. And yeah, I was right. like, E, that's not the American way to spell it. <laughs> I don't think Jesus would like that. You put in too many, too many letters in that word. Now it's time for SSA News. <laughs> We're going to share a weird news story with you and build a white answer card for a future Sunday School Answers pack. All right, guys. <laughs> guys. 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 So uh, everybody knows that during the peak of COVID, China was very forthcoming with their death tolls, having reached a peak of like 16 a day and then back down to like zero for six straight months. Zero deaths. Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six months. So whatever they were doing was great, but apparently it finally came all crashing down because they are having a hard time over there, which is, I mean, in and of itself, not a laughing matter. The issue comes with the way the government is choosing to uh, keep people under control. And this is by sending out drones and even those robot dogs that we've seen. Yeah. With megaphones attached to them, mm -hmm. saying, everyone, don't sing songs on your balcony, uh, <laughs> and control your desire for freedom in one soul. Control your soul's desire for freedom. Um, it li but literally, if you go watch that clip of the dog with the megaphone running around through the streets with this message being blasted, it gives you the creepiest AI future vibe yet. Lovely. Like, I'm just, no, uh -uh, no. What, what was that? You do that? <laughs> Uh, during the pandemic, we request that you strictly abide by COVID-19 restrictions and related guidelines. Control your soul's desire for freedom. Do not open the window or sing. This increases the risk of COVID-19 transmission. So they want to discourage the camaraderie that they had in, uh, what was it, France? No, it was Italy. Italy. Mm -hmm. yeah, I was close. Somewhere over there. Listen, <laughs> the, the Italians all. would not appreciate you saying that. Ooh, watch yourself. They're all yourself. in that one no, area. No, 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 no. You better watch yourself. You better watch yourself, friend. That's why they say peanut <laughs> instead of pino. Oh, I thought it was peanut. What were you doing? Oh. Uh, so, yeah, drones have been flying over Shang, uh, Shanghai's districts. Uh, prompting some posters uh, who filmed the videos of the drones to call it a glimpse of Cyberpunk 2077, uh, the dystopian video game that took forever to come out. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's much worse over there right now than it was ever over here. And um, I, I can guarantee you nobody over here is going to do nothing about it. But that's politics for you. And uh, we've got our answer card for today. You're not allowed to say things like that. <laughs> so today's white answer card to add to our future expansion deck of Sunday School Answers is Curbing My Soul's Desire for Freedom. <laughs> this has been an SSA News. This has been SSA News been sponsored by BackRowGames.com. Shut your face. All right, let's take another quick break. When we come back, we dive into our main topic. Stick around. We here at Love Thy Nerd emphasize relational outreach. From huge convention halls to local game nights across the world, LTN wants to show the love of Jesus to nerds and nerd culture. We're always developing resources and articles to help you grow nerd ministry in your area and expanding our reach as a ministry into all areas of nerd culture. Connect with us on social media at Love Thy Nerd and at LTN On Air to join in. back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember that we air our full morning shows first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our four full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Or don't. We're not your parents, and we won't be mad. Just disappointed. 
This week, we're talking about Mark Driscoll and the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Many of you have likely heard this uh, Christianity Today podcast. You might have even listened to the whole thing, since even though it wrapped up several weeks ago, it is still holding steady in the top five Christian podcasts. We're not trying to replicate what the rise and fall of Mars Hill created. Instead, we want to look at the themes and issues brought up by this podcast and focus on the issues a little more broadly. Now, yesterday, we talked about pastoral inexperience and being a young pastor. Uh, today's topic expounds on those issues by adding celebrity to it. So early on in his pastoral role, Mark claimed that he didn't want a large church, that in fact, a large church is just proof you aren't preaching the truth because the truth makes people uncomfortable and it shouldn't be a comfortable place. Ergo, you likely won't have a lot of people there. However, by being among the first to jump into the video iPod trend, Mark increasingly became a celebrity pastor with thousands of followers. And it didn't take long for Mark to slip into that celebrity mindset. On trips, he would stay at crazy expensive resorts while his staff were in flea bag motels. He would sincerely explain to his staff that he was kind of a big deal. He shifted from building the church to building the brand to being the brand. So the question, is it okay to be a celebrity pastor? <laughs> what are your initial thoughts, Mo? <clears throat> oh, man. So many. Is it okay to be a celebrity pastor? You know what? I kind of think about... Like, I kind of think about Kirk Cameron and Candace Cameron Bure. Okay. Okay, because they're really, like, the two biggest celebrities who we know undoubtedly where they stand in their faith. And they're very open about it. Sure. And for the most part, as far as we can tell, that hasn't caused any real controversy. It hasn't caused any real, I shouldn't say struggle. But as far as we can see from an outside perspective. Sure. You know, um, I, for them, it hasn't been a bad situation. Right. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I look at this question similar to, uh, is it okay to be a rich Christian? Right. Like it really all comes down to what you're doing with the the money or in this case, what you're doing with the celebrity. Right. Now, the two that you just mentioned, Cameron Cameron Spire and Kirk Cameron, often use their celebrity and the platform they've been given to spread the love of Christ. Right. Not expecting anything in return. Right. Um, we don't know how much money they're they're worth. They don't flash it. You know, they're not they're not. You know, when you look at like her, like a. Cameron, Can Candace, Candace Cameron, Cameron Brake. Mm -hmm. her name's so confusing, <laughs> her Instagram or whatever. It's not just all full of her gaudy things that she's spent thousands of dollars on or anything. Right. It's, it's, it's an uplifting normal page. Like you get from most Christian women. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, her age, I mean, it's no, it's nothing that you'd be able to tell. Like if you didn't know who she was and you just scrolled through that, you wouldn't notice anything different. Yeah. Uh, between the way she presents herself and most Christian women who are not of her, you know, her status or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, we have several people that we know that are celebrity pastors that are, uh, are rich that uh, don't go crazy with it. Like we know of Rick Warren. Rick uh -huh. Warren is a celebrity pastor for yeah, sure. For sure. Makes a lot of money, but not in any unscrupulous way. Drives his same old beat up Ford truck everywhere he goes. He doesn't have a fleet of expensive Bentleys and private jets and all these kind of things that we see from a lot of the televangelists kind of preachers who not only parade those things around, but say that, you know, if Jesus was here, this is what he'd be driving. This is what he'd be flying in, mm -hmm. you know, kind of equating uh, earthly wealth and earthly treasures with the heavenly ones when the Bible is complete opposite of that. Right. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I feel that same way about the people from Duck Dynasty. Yes. You yeah, know? absolutely. I'm I don't. I think if we sit here and we really kind of 
put it out there and, and truly start naming people. We actually are going to come up with a lot more celebrity, I, let's say celebrity Christians, you know, because they don't all hold the, the title of a pastor per se, but celebrity Christians who have not fallen into the ugly yeah. trap. But that, but that is the problem is that you do have to sit there and really think and write a list down Yeah, because we can name a dozen, a dozen right off the top yeah, of our head for sure. that have fallen. And that's the problem with celebrity is that there is always going to be a microscope on your life. Yeah. So the, the issue though here, especially with Mark, is that I don't think that when they started putting the the sermon videos on the iPod, which, you know, was just getting started. The video iPod was just getting started, just launching. <clears throat> and they were looking for content for it to have ready to go before they launched. Mm -hmm. And they approached several big churches, Mars Hill being one of them, to put their sermons online. Mm. And uh, I don't think when they did that, they thought this is going to make this church huge. This is going to turn Mark into a celebrity. I don't think that was the goal at all. No. And actually, I do remember. Uh, I don't remember if it was the interview that. Um, oh, what is his name? What's the main guy's name? Uh, Mike. Mike. Uh, Mike. Coster. Okay. Cosper. 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 Okay. I don't. The, he was doing an interview with someone more of like a one on one. Mm -hmm. Throughout this entire series. And I don't know if it was Jesse, the main media guy. I think it was. I think I know where you're going. When he said <clears throat> their main thought behind it all was think about how many people yes. we could be reaching. Right. Right. It was a, it was an untapped market as, as if you will, of people that might not ever go to church, mm -hmm. but are going to have their newest Apple product. Mm hmm. And this might be the opportunity. It's the same mindset that we had when COVID-19 exactly. caused, you know, Easter, that first Easter to be all online for every church in America. How many people who might never attend church on Easter Sunday were watching a service that morning on Facebook right. or YouTube? Yeah. I mean, absolutely the right mindset going in. So once that celebrity pastor ball starts rolling though the question is is it possible to avoid it once it begins i think that once they rolled that in motion the results were out of their hands like if he was going to be a celebrity pastor there'd be no way to stop it at yeah. that point yeah because once it got to the point where they realized oh this is becoming a this might become a problem what would they do take the videos off Right. Well, that, I mean, they're going to be everywhere anyway. And then that's just going to cause more controversy. Where'd it go? Yeah. And then it's going to be outcry and bring it back. And there's no, I don't know if there's a way to stop it once it begins. And so the question then has to become, if you find yourself in a situation where you are a celebrity pastor or a celebrity who is openly a Christian, can you handle this biblically? And just like you said, I think it is very possible. I think we've seen quite a few people who do, but if I looked at myself and like five years from now, I wake up and I am some big famous Christian podcaster. I'm assuming you'd still be with me. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> That's how you became famous. You let, let, let me go. Finally let Mo go and That's just right. took off. Yeah. The anchor holding us down. That's this whole right. Time. No. You got to keep the name though. I'll do both parts. Yeah. I'll be mad and Mo. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but, look, but seriously, I guess we'll, we'll put that, we'll put that to both of us. Okay. If we both woke up five years from now and we're like Joe Rogan level successful in podcast, we're getting Spotify offers and million dollar contracts for a month's worth of content and all this kind of stuff. Is that a possibility? Do you, <laughs> who knows? Once the ball starts rolling, it's out of our hands. Is that a wheel or a ball? <laughs> Does that count as a wheel or is it the door to success? I don't know. <laughs> Do you trust yourself with that level of both celebrity and like money? Because uh, I don't trust myself. Really? No. Okay. Here's I think the thing. that it would, knowing me and my, my, 
my spiritual aptitude towards addiction and, yeah. and bad habits and stuff, I feel like that would be a corrupting force in my life. That's fair. Um, I'm blaming the fact that we haven't become that then on you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The Lord is holding us back. Um, that kind of came out wrong. The Lord. <laughs> That's not how I meant it. For good. Yeah, for yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. He's doing it for yeah. good, for our own good. Right. He knows He's better. He's protecting us. That's what I. He I've... knows better than us. Sheesh. <laughs> um, okay. So I too obviously know myself, and I think that me alone know it would not be good. But that's the beauty of this morning show. There is two of us to hold each other accountable, and. You know, somebody who really flies low on the whole LTN back row um, radar would hold us very accountable. Mm. And it's someone who has been around since the very beginning and someone who we mentioned pretty regularly. Kevin would hold us <laughs> very accountable. Quite possibly. I have zero doubts that he would not call and say, what are y'all thinking? You know, honestly, I came up with my answer thinking about just me. But I think maybe if it was us together, it'd be a little easier. Yeah. Because I feel like I'd have accountability in you. Yeah. As well as, you know, Kevin or anybody or everybody, our really. Fam- all yeah, of our, our all of our Discord, and- our families, everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> me alone, bad idea. Right. Even the accountability of LTN, you know, mm-hmm. and. Well, see, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to be honest with myself about how easy, easily corrupted I might be in those situations. And like we've thought about we've even talked about on the show, like. If a if we were to win that big lottery that you know came uh-huh. a couple years ago, what would like what would we do? Yeah, and you know our you know I like to think that I'd be very generous with it. That my church would be well funded. That I would pour a lot of that into LTN to help it grow into an even bigger ministry. And at the same time, I'm thinking, yeah, but what else would I be doing with that money? Like, would I be? Uh, just feeding the food addiction even more and just eating uh, lavishly uh, fattening meals for every meal? Would I uh, be pouring it all into myself and just taking a bunch of family vacations and buying all kinds of cars and big houses? I don't think so, based on my personality now. Mm -hmm. But we have heard it time and time again that celebrity and money changes people. And, you know, knowing who I was compared to who I am, I am hopeful that my my faith and my morality and all that I've learned in these last uh, 13 years or so would uh, hold me in check. But I guess I'm more afraid to find out. That's fair. I, yeah. At the same time, I, I feel like I can confidently say between your family, your wife and <clears throat> my husband, the aspect of having each other to hold each other accountable. And then, you know, just the community that surrounds us. Sure. I do think that that's a hedge of protection, mm-hmm. you know, that's in in place already <laughs> that I don't think Mark Driscoll had. Sure. Absolutely. And so I guess what we're saying is, Lord, we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> if you're ready, we're ready, God. <clears throat> there if are, you uh... build it, <laughs> they will come. There are quite a few pastors that have fallen from grace. Um We've got Ted Haggard, mm-hmm. who uh, was caught uh, 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 soliciting homosexual prostitutes, essentially. Uh, Jim Baker, who we've talked about on the show, who uh, had an enormous fraud scandal that sent him to prison, and then he just 
came right back and just yeah. started doing the same thing, and he uh-huh. still got TV time and everything. Uh, we've got uh, um, Tony Alamo, who, uh, let's see here. He he dis, his his wife died in 1982, and he displayed her embalmed body for months, and claimed that she would rise from the dead, and then started catching all kinds of sexual abuse charges, to the point where he was sentenced to 175 years in prison. Wow! Uh, and his defense was he was framed by the Vatican. <laughs> Uh, Fred Phelps, Fred Phelps is an interesting one because it was like he almost fell from grace upward because Fred Phelps was the founder of Westboro Baptist Church, that terrible church that goes and holds the signs at the funerals of soldiers Mm -hmm. and all kinds of things that say terrible things. And he got excommunicated from his own church because he started having a change of heart. Hmm. about his religious beliefs and he didn't like what they were doing anymore. So that was an interesting one. So he spent his whole life (laughs) on the the downslope until the last few years of his life. He's like, you know what? This was probably the wrong idea. Yeah. Uh, Then we got Dave Reynolds, Doug Phillips, Jimmy Swaggart, Mike Heinz, Robert Tilton, Mark Driscoll's on this list, Josh Duggar, which is a heartbreaking one too. Uh, Rory Cole. There's there's a whole list of Christians and pastors that have been in the the public eye whose celebrity and fame and amount of money they have has at least aided in their trip to a darker side of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's heartbreaking to see it's it raises the question of would this have happened had the money and the celebrity not been there right uh and then we have quite a few celebrity pastors who aren't doing anything illegal but are doing things very unscrupulous or they might not be doing anything illegal i don't know (coughs) with uh the televangelists we have uh Jesse DePlantis and Kenneth Copeland who are out there, Greflo Dollar, out there spending a bunch of tithe money on the most expensive private jets on earth. Yep. Saying that that's a, that's a necessity in the faith. Um, like there's that, I think we've had this discussion too. I don't know if it's been a full on topic before, but like how rich is, how rich is too rich for a pastor to be like at some point should you cap how much money you're flaunting when Jesse Duplantis gets up in front of a church and says, I've got 19 chandeliers in my home and each one of them is worth more than your house. Okay. Like at that point, I feel like what you just said is a sin, let alone owning all those. How many houses have you bought for no reason for people in need? Right. Like, why do you, where's the need there? Where's the honoring God with that? Yeah. I'm not saying that you can't have a nice house and you can't have nice cars, but there should be in your soul, some sort of limit to just how lavish you're going to live. Absolutely off the backs of people that don't really have that money to give. And they're giving it to you anyway, because you're a nice silver tongued preacher. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but Jesus is my light. So I don't need 19 (laughs) chandeliers hanging in my house that cost more than my house. Uh, And uh, then we have situations where the pastor celebrity pastor has passed away. And then we have found out terrible things. Mm-hmm. The most recent being Ravi, Ravi Zacharias, who was a big name, big name, well-respected. A lot of people uh, loved the guy. Uh, he didn't seem to be a prosperity gospel preacher, seemed to have the whole thing down. Found out he not only owned a whole chain of massage parlors, but they were the bad kind of massage parlors. 
the unscrupulous kind, and he would frequent them regularly. Mm. And that's just, and I think that's just one of the things that we found out. I mean, these these kind of things, it's it's not, I mean, of course, it's not just Christians either, but it is Christians that do have this morality and the standard that we're supposed to live by. And thus, the fall from grace with Christians hits harder than a fall from anybody else who's not a part of the faith. Right. Because when, you know, when a Jared Fogel from Subway falls, Subway has, you know, a bit of a brand issue, but nobody's assuming everybody at Subway has that kind of problem. Mm-hmm. But when a mainstream celebrity Christian falls, we're all we all pay the price for it for a while because mm-hmm. we're guilty by association. Even though there's four billion of us, or I don't know, <laughs> a lot, a lot of us, and none of us know each other. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 a difficult difficult road to be on, and one that I don't chase. (laughs) That's a question I don't need answered in this life. I'll be perfectly happy making enough money to provide for my family. And if I never get a penny over that, that is okay with me. (laughs) Uh, Now, the purpose of this list was not to further bash these for uh, for their failings, but to show that celebrity can be a dangerous thing. There are plenty of celebrity pastors not on this list. Like we said, that openly live lavish luxury lives to the point that it's gross, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're doing anything illegal. However, Jim Baker, like we said, has been back pulling the same scams as before and some new ones too, and he is still flooded with cash every day, still given a bunch of TV time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that question then raises the final question for today. Is this kind of the people's fault? Because especially using Jim Baker... As an example, it's clearly documented what he did and went to jail for, and he does not deny that he did these things. And he has publicly apologized on national television for doing these things. And then he comes back from prison and starts doing the same things. And there's still people giving him money. And at some point, that's you. Mm-hmm. That's your fault. Yeah. It's your fault that Jim Baker is still on TV doing the same scam as before. So I can actually remember, I remember very vividly, I remember very well the whole Jim Baker mm-hmm. error, era, error, error, error too. <laughs> yeah. Era and error. Um, I remember my grandmother and my great grandmother being huge believers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, TBN was constantly on and constantly, I can remember that phone being picked up whenever it was, whether it was Jim Baker or it was anyone else, um, you know, to send in money to Mm. call and, and tell us your prayer requests and we'll pray with you. And all you have to do is send us. 10 or $20, whatever. And I can remember thinking even back then, like, this is such a scam. Mm-hmm. This is so wrong on so many levels. And yes, there is a level of accountability that those pastors need to be held to. And I can trust that eventually they will one day be held accountable. But at the same time, it is our duty as Christians to open up the word and read. Yeah. We cannot just take the word of whoever we feel is a fitting pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, I can remember very, very early on in, um, even before I was in youth group, having my childhood pastor say, I want you to open your Bibles and turn to, and then whatever scripture he was in. And it was the whole, it felt kind of cultish, honestly, but like (laughs) we all had to hold up our Bibles when we got there, when we actually turned to that scripture. Yeah. And his whole purpose behind that was so that we were opening our word so that we could read word for word, verbatim, 
what it said, not what he wanted it to say, not the words that he replaced in, you know, mm-hmm. in this word or that word. So that if necessary, we could call him out and yeah. say, hey, that's not what this says. So I, I want to stop you, though, before you get any further in that, because we will talk about that okay. issue specifically mm-hmm. <laughs> coming up. I'm just answering it. Yes, it's the people's fault. Absolutely. <laughs> to a degree. And so with that... <laughs> I want to bring up the recent um, Hillsong documentary. Have you seen any of that yet? I have not. Well, I don't think so. It's a. It just recently came out, like okay, the last no, couple no. weeks. No. And there's three episodes of it. And this Hillsong documentary is, is much in the same vein as the Rise and Hill, Rise and Hill, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Okay. Um, just not as in-depth, um, but in-depth enough. But what we see here is the perfect example now of modern day Christian celebrity pastors, because we see Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz was the celebrity pastor who was always hanging around with Justin Bieber. You know, he was, he was the big speaker. He was the big guy. Everybody loved it when he was the one that was visiting the different Hillsong churches everywhere. But he was also the one that you could see out walking in the streets with no shirt on and with his shorts pulled so low down that you see like the top of his dangle. And we're thinking this is a pastor. This is the pastor that we're following. But everyone's like, okay, he's a little eccentric, a little weird. Well, of course he's not going to be what he seems. He, he, he very publicly is clearly letting the celebrity go to his head. Right. And we're seeing all these signs, but we're giving him the benefit of the doubt because it's Hillsong. Of course, it's Hillsong. Hillsong is on this pedestal, mainly because of its music. Yeah. And turns out, yeah, he's having, you know, affairs behind, you know, the back of him. All these terrible things happening. And uh, he gets fired. Uh and then even the founder of the church, Brian Houston, gets let go uh, much later on for covering up different uh, like sexual abuse scandals and all these things that have been going on or hiding them, uh, even covering up stuff that his own father did in abusing children. And <clears throat> we see how this small church that was a small church who started making their own music and that's how they became a celebrity church. And blew up and spread across the world, how that quickly got out of hand to the point where they weren't trustworthy anymore. Mm -hmm. And there comes a level of celebrity with not just the pastor, but with the church as a whole, that you need to start being concerned. And you need to start putting so many more safety guards in place. Mm -hmm. You can't operate like a small church anymore anymore. Right. You have to have a lot more safety measures. And I'm not sure there is any church that large or even approaching that large that can handle that 100%, which makes me wonder, should we cap how big a church can grow? (laughs) I mean, there are plenty of churches in any town that, you know, struggle to have 15 people in it. If a church that is huge can partner with a struggling church to try and grow them, this can spread this out and maybe help not build a celebrity church. It's almost a goal to not, like Mars, Mark Driscoll said, you know, you, you don't want a big church because it means you're not preaching the truth. Right. I don't agree with that, but I agree that you don't want a large church because that's when the bigger issues come in. When you can't be a, a relatively close knit family, when it becomes an issue where you don't see where you're not like close with your own pastor, he's not even someone that you actually interact with more than a couple times a year, Uh that becomes a dangerous situation. Sure. And so when that's the case, you're going to start feeling like a celebrity anyway. When you get to the point where like, I don't have time to talk to all these people. (laughs) That's a dangerous way to be. You can't be, how are you the shepherd of this church? If you can't even pay attention to your whole flock. Right. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to unpack in that as well. 
but it, it just does seem to be a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we say, I, I was about to say more often than not, but maybe not. Just, it is always very visible when it is a disaster. Yes. And that makes it harder mm-hmm. on all of us. Any last, is that all, anything else you want to say in that or uh, you want to I save think, it? Yeah, I think i got to save it. <laughs> all right. Well, with that kind of power celebrity brings, so comes the ability to speak and be believed. So even when you're wrong or even lying, people are going to believe you. Tomorrow, we talk about the need for congregants to do their own research, too. Dun, dun, dun. Tomorrow, or we'll be back with more. <laughs> Stick around. think of our topic this week? Is there something we got wrong? Something we forgot? We would love for you to give us an earful. Join us at backrowdiscord.com and message us in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on the socials at the Backrow LTN or leave us a voicemail by calling 575-562-8052. What's up, nerd? Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Tune in to LTN Radio for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie 24-7. Not to mention a whole network of podcasts, shows, specials, and shorts, many of which air on LTN Radio before they're available anywhere else. Join us at LTNOnAir.com to see our schedule, stream our station, and download our app. Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show. I'm Mo. And I'm Radio Matt. Before we go, we want to share some things that we love. Mo, do you want to go first? Um, hold on. I wrote it down. I don't remember what I love off the top of my head. <laughs> I have so many things. I, I can't have, keep them all I straight. I have to write them down. <clears throat> oh! Go! Yeah, sorry. <laughs> my bad. To everyone who was listening with headphones on. Rip headphone users. I apologize. Um, I have a story about that that I have to tell later. Okay, so... The Giver, Lois Lowry's The Giver. Do you remember that book? Do you remember reading it? You're yes. Not, you're not listening. Yes, to me right it was now. the one where like everything was black and white, and only a couple of them could see color. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, rem- I mean, I know there's much more to that story, but I'm there is the there's a whole lot start. But I am having like this, this <sighs> kind of like epiphany that. Um, the Hunger Games and Maze Runner and all these like dystopian kind of survival novels all stemmed from The Giver. That's what I'm convinced of. Mm. 100%. I'm going to be honest and tell you I have neither read nor watched any of The Hunger Games or the Maze Runner series. I'm very disappointed in you right now. I know. It's it's forever been on my list of things to enjoy somehow, some way, and I have yet to get around to it. I'm very disappointed. But speak to the people, because they understand, because they're better than me. They've watched and they've read. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> anyway, so I was going through the bookshelves at the school this past week and just trying to figure out what I was going to do for the last seven-ish weeks of school. And I thought, you know what? We haven't really read any classic novels mm. as like a class when they come in. Yeah. We've read a lot of short stories and a lot of poetry and just done a lot of, I only have each class for 45 minutes. So right. like the idea of reading a novel with them is daunting, but I found the giver and I was like, oh, okay. My fifth graders have to hear this book, have to read this book before they leave elementary school. (laughs) So it's like, okay, I'll pull that. And then found several other books that from my own childhood that were huge, like uh, cemented parts of 
my... Oh, I thought you were naming a book. I'm like, cemented parts. Cemented parts <laughs> of my love of literature Got from it. my elementary days. You're reading a mafia book? Yeah. I mean, you're essentially, gonna, that's kind of what... Um, gonna give him some concrete shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sleep with the fishes. Yeah. Cemented parts. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thing, Matt? That's really cool, though. I like that. Uh, my thing is... Uh, <laughs> Seems very shallow now compared to yours. Well, I mean, but I have uh, I have rediscovered the TV show New Girl. Oh my gosh! I watched the first season way back when it started, and then that's all that I watched. Uh, and then someone recently challenged me, like, you need to watch the show. It's freaking hilarious. And I mean, I I like all the actors and characters in it. So I have I just finished the first season of it again today, and I'm like, this is a flipping hilarious show and i'm not sure why i haven't been watching it on repeat yeah for the last several years that's fair so it's very i mean we talk about episodes of the office that are like cringy like painful to watch uh parks and rec has a few of those too was the new girl like that new girl is cringy almost every episode at least once really it's just like oh this is so uncomfortable and hilarious but so uncomfortable in the same way so that in worse ways in many cases. Really? Yeah. it's. I, I don't know if you remember that off off the top of your head or not. I don't. Because I didn't remember it either. But I'm just like, oh, oh, it's hard to watch this even knowing it's fake. The new girl <laughs> is Zoe Deschanel, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't remember it. It's, it's painful, but worth it. Really good. Really funny show. Okay. Let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Mark 10, 52. And Jesus said to them, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. And that's going to do it for the back row with Matt and Mo. We hope you enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll join us again for our next show. Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. As one of the newest staff members of LTN and a part-time nerd culture missionary, I'm looking to build my support team to help this radio station grow and help my family financially as I pour more focus into all I get to do for Love Thy Nerd. For more information, visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus Jesus loves you, nerd. nerd.